it starts with a dream, a vision, a prediction. In scripture, we call it a prophecy, a revelation, a revealing of the divine at work in and through the world, this forecast of the future, of future events that allow us, that invite us to respond or not. Thousands of years ago, the people that we read about in the Bible, the Israelites, they had prophets among them who specifically intentionally listened and watched for these messages, these messages from God. And some messages were good news, filled with hope and promises of joy. Others, others were filled with terror, with destruction and death. And sometimes, sometimes these messages inspired change, transformation. Sometimes these messages went unheard, misunderstood, or even ignored completely. And nevertheless, God continued to speak to and through people. And God continues to speak in and through people today. Today, we conclude our Close to Home Advent Sermon Series. Over these last six weeks, we have explored this theme of home, what a home is, how and where we make it, who we welcome into our home. Today, today we conclude our sermon series as we explore what it means to leave home to return home, and what happens in between. Now, when I was growing up, my parents always told me that there was a right way to do things and a wrong way to do things. And it was not lost on me that typically their way of doing things was almost always the right way. Anyone else have that experience? God, God is not unlike our earthly parents in this way. God provides us with instruction, with boundaries, with opportunities. God gives us the gift of free will and God gives us the power, the power to decide how and when and where we will act. It is then up to us. We can either follow the instructions, stay within the boundaries, and take the opportunity or not. What we do, how we do it, when we do it, all of this affects how we believe and how we behave in the world. And throughout history, people, prophets, have observed and watched and listened for God's instruction and boundaries and opportunities. One prophecy from long ago said that a child would be born and would grow up to be a great leader, a mighty king, a savior, the Messiah. One with a new way of living, one that would invite us to know God more fully to follow a way, a way of living, a way of life. One First Testament prophet, Micah, predicted that this Messiah would be born in the little town called Bethlehem, right outside the city of Jerusalem. 
And another, an older prophecy said that a star, a star would be a sign in the night sky that would guide, that would guide those seeking this Messiah to find where this Messiah was. Now, like any good story, like every great tale, words spread, ideas grew, and time passed. These prophecies were told over and over and over again for hundreds of years. These tales, these stories became myth. And these myth, they made room for miracles. Do you believe in miracles? Miracles, these highly improbable or extraordinary events that bring welcome consequence, surprises, surprises that cannot be explained with natural or scientific law and therefore are considered works of the divine. One of the greatest minds of our modern era, Albert Einstein, once said, there are two ways to live your life. One is as though nothing is a miracle. The other is as though everything is a miracle. So which, which we believe shapes our life. And there are always those who hear a story, a prediction, a prophecy, and they wonder. Could this be true? Could it be real? Could this be a miracle? Enter the Magi and our celebration of Epiphany today. Our scripture reading today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, which provides us very limited information about these people, the Magi. Hear these words from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and asked, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all of Jerusalem with him. King Herod had called together the chief priests and teachers of the law, and he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then King Herod called the Magi secretly, found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. King Herod sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find the child, report to me, so that I too might go and worship him. After the Magi heard this from King Herod, they went out on their way, and the star they had seen went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then... Having been warned by God in a dream not to go back to King Herod, the Magi returned to their own country by a different way. <laughs> so, so that's it. That's all we've got 
these 12 verses here about these gift-bearing foreign pagans who traveled from who knows where for who knows how long all to find and meet and praise this child Messiah, this Jesus. Now, the word magi is Latin. It's a translation of a Greek word, magos, which means a scholar, a sorcerer, a priest, or an expert in astrology, interpretation of dreams, and various occult arts. Now, I can't be the only one who, when I think of magi, I think of Doctor Strange from the Marvel comics and movies, right? I mean, Doctor Strange, the the master of mysticism, the sorcerer supreme. I mean, this is who the magi were. 2,000 years ago, these magi were scholars, seekers of wisdom. They searched out and studied information and knowledge in all of its forms. They treasured the truth. They reveled in the research. Their worst enemies were ignorance and apathy. They sought to uncover and discover new possibilities, new ways of thinking, new ways of living, new ways of being. They sought out to both know and make known everything that the world and the divine had revealed. And so, so it was that these Hebrew scriptures and these prophecies from the First Testament invite the Magi into Jesus' story. Now, some say there were three, but nowhere in scripture does it say that, nor does it say that they were all men. In fact, it makes sense that there would have been more than three since traveling at the time would have been safer and more efficient in large groups. And, and wise women may have certainly been among their number. Now, some historians believe they came from as far as Persia, Arabia, Ethiopia, even India or China. But no matter how many there were or what their gender or where they were from, One thing I believe is certain. They had purpose. They had wander. They had a yearning. They had a longing. They had hope. They had a hope of finding and knowing and praising this child, this king, this Messiah, Jesus. Have we today, have we lost what the Magi held most precious? Have we lost this sense of of purpose, of wonder, of hope. That sense of awe, that sense of mystery that God is still alive and at work in and through the world around us, in and through us. What what inspired tale or prophecy would get you to leave your home? to get you to leave your home in search of a small child in a far-off land, guided only by a star in the night sky. It sounds ridiculous today, but what kind of wonder, what kind of hope did these magi have? What must their faith have been like? How much faith did they have? How much faith 
do you have? Today, today we celebrate Epiphany from the Greek word Epiphania, which literally means a, a revealing, an appearance. It is the revealing, it is the appearance of God to the Magi, of God to all humanity, believers and non-believers alike. God appearing in the world as Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. The light of the world come into the world, shining so brightly that we cannot help but see it. The Magi, the Magi too reveal something to us today. Something about the way that we are called to live. Consider this. First, they pursued Jesus individually and communally. They did not get distracted by King Herod or the countless other side adventures that they no doubt encountered. They knew their purpose and individually and together they found Jesus. Now second, second, they came to worship. They were not troubled by how long it took to get there or where they ended up. Once they found Jesus, they praised him. Now third, third, they came bearing gifts. They were generous. The Magi did not just worship with their words or with their time or with their attention. They gave of what they had, of what they valued. Scripture says that where your treasures are, there your heart is also. And fourth, lastly, they returned home by a different way, changed. The Magi did not return home by the same way they arrived. They encountered Jesus and they were changed. Jesus changed them. They returned home different. An encounter with Jesus does the same for us today. One of the things that I love most about the stories from the Bible that we read and that we learn and that we share is that we hear these from the perspective of people that history could have easily forgotten. Prophecies, places, and people that time could have easily ignored or missed completely. I mean, think about it. A group of foreign traveling scholars out looking for a brown-skinned Jewish child lying in a feeding trough. This kid born to an unwed teenage mother living in a small rural village in ancient Israel. <laughs> what, kind of, what kind of story is this? this? This child, this child who would grow into a homeless man who would teach and preach and live a life of inclusive love and radical grace. Sharing lessons like turning the other cheek when someone hits you, or giving away everything that you have to those in need. Lessons like healing the sick and serving the poor and visiting those in prison and praying for one's enemies. How these, these are not really special or exceptional. These are expected. This is how we are supposed to live. I mean, what kind of story is this? And yet, 2,000 years later, we are still telling these stories. They and the one, the one who taught them. They 
and Jesus have changed the world, have changed us. It goes to show that these prophecies, that these predictions, these places, these people, these stories, these tales, they matter. And you matter as well. You matter too because you are a part of the story today. When you leave home, when you return home, and all in between, may you live your life a part of this story with purpose, with wonder, with hope, a part of the miracle, the miracle that is still unfolding today. May it be so. Amen.